everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. On our episode today in this series called Stories at Camp, we're going to be discussing relationships. These are some of the best things that happen because of camp. The last few weeks, we've been talking about summer camp and just the way it helped me to grow and develop after I came out of my cultic experience with Christianity and how I came there. And I was kind of a goofy, sheltered, homeschooled uh, mess of a junior higher in a 20-something-year-old body. And I have to talk about relationships if I'm going to talk about things that changed me at camp because relationships were a huge part of it. And coming to camp and being around these normal, quote-unquote, worldly Christians (laughs) that I had never really spent any time with was huge. And discovering that they loved Jesus and loved me was life-changing, absolutely life-changing. So let's talk about a few of these people that were just so instrumental in my life those first couple of summers. Some of the people that influenced me the most was the couple that was coordinating our children's camp that first summer. And they had four children, and they were young, probably even younger than I am right now. And I remember that he worked like nights, I think. And so he would go off to work about the time that we were getting the kids to bed. And he would sleep in, and then he'd be back up in the afternoon helping out again. And he always saw like our chapels and played guitar as we sang and stuff like that. And she was balancing four kids and trying to coordinate the camp during the daytime. But they just were some of the people that really stuck out to me the most. I feel like they showed me just the love of God and acceptance. They just were great at uh, correcting me (laughs) and helping me to just kind of see the truth about some things. And I remember just years later talking to them about this and saying, hey, you know, you guys were huge, huge part of my life that first couple summers, especially that first one. And she was really surprised. And she was like, oh, really? Are you serious? Like we were so new in our faith. Like we had just come back to Christ and we were just kind of a mess. And it's funny because as I've known them over the years, not well, but I've come in contact here and there. And they, you know, they went on to be like pastors and get super involved in the Christianese bubble world. And I feel like they were more influential when they were a mess <laughs> than they were later on. And I feel like that's just so ironic. Like how often does that happen in our lives when we have our junk together and we think we're doing well and we're doing the Christian thing, like, are we really more influential than when we're just in love with Jesus because we're excited about the grace that he's given us? Just makes me wonder and it makes me think. And and they were hugely, hugely instrumental in my life that first couple summers. I think one of the things that surprised me the most about this couple was just the joy that I saw in them. And I don't remember seeing a whole lot of joy growing up in my Christian cult. We talked about joy a lot. We talked about having joy. We talked about like pretending like we had joy. We didn't use the word pretending, but it was like, make sure you're smiling. Make sure your eyes are bright. Make sure people can see the joy of the Lord that you have in your heart. But there wasn't a whole lot of joy when you're just focusing on rules and standards and trying to be good enough so that God will give you blessings and success. I mean, it's just genuine joy is just not there. But there was just joy that just like, flowed out of this couple. I remember there was one night when 
he was leading singing for chapel and the kids had this like crazy song they loved to sing and there was this part about like la 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 part and it was like we sing and like shake our hands in the air and I don't know who started it but all of a sudden the kids were like like dancing in a conga line almost they're like shaking their fists in the air and yelling la 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 like all the way around the chapel and I remember just seeing this guy playing his guitar and he's just laughing I mean he was just like totally in the moment and so when I think about joy I think about that. I think about just letting it happen and not being worried about like, well, we're not really doing the right thing here. We're not really just following the standards and the schedule and, you know, whatever. He's just like letting them have their fun and like having fun with them. And his wife, I remember she, I mean, gosh, they were young. They're probably 30s, early 30s, maybe, maybe not, not even early 30s. They could have been in their 20s still. And the, on the weekends when we didn't have campers, she and this other lady who worked at camp, who was also young and had little children, were super excited about this game they always wanted to play with us called Murder. <laughs> and so they would gather as many of us as were staying around for the weekend as they could, and they would get us all together, and they would play this game in the one girl's house, who was a, a like an actual summer, like she wasn't just summer staff, she was actual camp staff, so she had a house. And all the lights got turned off, and one person got to be the murderer, but we didn't know who it was. And so all the lights are off and we all kind of like wandered around in the dark, bumping into each other. But if somebody pinched your elbow, you had to die. And so then you had to like lay on the floor until somebody tripped over you. And then everyone screamed and yelled that they found a body. We had to go like wake up the detective. The lights came on. The detective got to ask some questions and try to figure out like who was the person that was doing the murdering. I think we all got like a card in the beginning of the game. So you kind of knew you, you were that you knew who you were, but you didn't know anybody else was. Anyway, just a hoot. And we, she would be so excited to play this game with us. And she would just be like giggling and like laughing. Like you couldn't, she couldn't even hardly contain herself. She was just so joyful in playing these games with us and just having this fun. And I think one of the things I remember the most about camp and the people at camp was just their, their joy and fun. Like just having fun. And so much of my life, I felt like fun was kind of like unspiritual or, or bad or, you know, like, well, it's just, it's just fun. It's not anything important. It's just fun. And I really just discovered like the joy of fun and just the wonder of having fun and just enjoying yourself and just being crazy and just having a great time. And that really just brought out that part of me that loves fun. <laughs> and it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. The other big, huge, massive relationship at camp that would continue almost my entire camp experience was with the nurse. And she was basically my camp mom. Her little camp nurse's office was like headquarters for camp. I mean, anything that you needed or wanted and people would just hang out there during the breaks. I totally hung out there. Somehow she kept it like cool and clean and nice. And she had this little this little front room and it had like this old fireplace that nobody ever used and her desk was in there and there was a bench and there was a table and there was just she always had like just I don't know it was just really pretty and you always wanted to be there she had like fun curtains and a little a little tablecloth and she was just super awesome and I loved her and I wanted to be just like her someday and she was totally my camp mom I would go on my breaks and I would talk to her about things and I would sit in her nurse's station and write notes to people, or sometimes I would take her daughters and we'd do something goofy together. I mean, her daughters and I got to be really good friends. In fact, her youngest was at my wedding, even though she's significantly younger than me, just because we were just friends. We just had fun together. We just, it was just fun. 
And I loved this nurse. I remember she was the one that came to get me when my grandpa died. And she came and found me on her golf cart and drove me around and told me that my grandfather had passed away and just kind of talked me through it and let me cry. And and that's just who she was for me. She was my camp mom. She was safe. She made me feel better. She made me feel like I could do it. And it wasn't just me. Like she was that person for everybody. Like she would let you know you could do it and she would listen to you and she would give you good advice. And it's interesting because looking back later on, I remember when I found out that she chose not to go to church in the summertime because she was busy, 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 busy all week. And then she had like Saturday afternoon and all day Sunday. And then you were back at camp Sunday night. And it was just her choice not to go to church. And I totally judged her for that later on in my little spiritualness of like, well, church is so important. And the Christy that I am now is like, I totally get why you wouldn't go to church all summer. I mean, you definitely have the option to go to chapels every day if you wanted to at camp. And um, But it's funny to me because here is this woman who maybe didn't have all her theology figured out. Maybe her behaviors weren't in line with what I thought she should have always been done, you know, that kind of thing. But she knew how to love. She knew how to accept. And I felt the love of God from her. I mean... All these things, guys, theology and behaviors, they're only so good. I mean, they don't, they only go so far. And if that's all you have and you don't have the love of God and you don't understand grace and you can't be there for people in a way that's actually meaningful, then I'm not sure you have a whole lot of anything that's actually worthwhile, honestly. Like, I think theology is great and I think that doing the right thing is great, but it has to come along with the relationship with Jesus where you can actually love people. And give them grace and acceptance and understand that we're all at the place that we're at. And God is moving in all of us in his own timing, in his own way. These people at camp that were there with me multiple summers or even just one summer, like they were such a huge impact on me. To see these people that I had once judged and condemned, and even I later on would judge and condemn because uh, I was still doing my Christianese thing, but they just they just accepted me. And that was huge. And they just let me be my weird self. And that was huge. And they didn't try to change me. They didn't try to make me different or conform me to anything. They just let me be me. And when I screwed up and made mistakes and they had to confront me and tell me, hey, that probably wasn't the best idea to do. Or, you know, you really need to think about this when you do that with your campers or whatever. There was no condemnation. There was no judgment. It was still in love. and. It was mind-blowing to me to experience this and to realize that the people that I had known in my previous life in the Christian cult maybe had things not all the way figured out like we thought they did. And maybe these worldly Christians knew more about the love of God than than we thought they did. And so it was mind-blowing. It was awesome. Now, those are just a couple of the relationships that I made at summer camp that changed me. I mean, I've got all kinds of other stories I could tell you about campers and counselors and all that kind of stuff. Like it was just these relationships were a key part of my development and growth. Absolutely. And so when you look at your own development and your own growth, how have relationships played in? How are you hesitant to build relationships or maybe overly dependent on relationships? Like it's really good to just stop and just process and think this through and figure it out. What what is it? Like we were we were made to be relational. Like we need to be in relationship with people. 
Some of us have more needs for relationships than others. Some of us are extroverts and some of us are introverts and it's all different, but we still have to be in honest relationship where we are known and where we know others, where we are known by God and where we know him. And that's where the health comes. That's where healing comes. That's where growth happens. And that's where it all starts. Like we have to be in those healthy relationships. And so as I finish this episode, I really just hope that you guys can look back and maybe even on your own lives, the times of growth or the growth that you would like to have happen and just really evaluate those relationships and really just see where God has provided and maybe where you would love God to provide and that you can just seek out those kinds of relationships where you can just appreciate the people that God has already put in your life. Like none of us are perfect. We don't have it all figured out. And yet if we have a relationship with Jesus, like we totally can be someone who is influential in someone else's life. So as always, guys, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Until then, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.